You're listening to the Class Divide podcast. I'm back with Carly Goldsmith. I'm Curtis James. This is the episode three reaction episode. Hopefully you've already listened to that before listening to this because there's going to be some spoilers. Carly, that was an emotional ride. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was really intense. I think it's interesting because one of the things we talk about there is kind of how it makes you feel. And I'm sure there are people out there thinking she's exaggerating or kind of this isn't, I don't know, she's doing this for effect, but there were points in that, listening to that, where you feel your head go a bit funny, you're aware that your heart's racing. You're going to need to hold on to something to to stay in the room a little bit. And so it's a genuinely, it's it's an example of the ways in which your emotional state can affect your physicality, your body. Um, and at times, yeah, it, it did feel very overwhelming. I felt a bit sick at some points. I'm not going to lie. That was, <laughs> that was intense. Uh, and now I'm laughing to release the tension. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's not an enjoyable listen, is uh, it? Um, and and the, the thing that sort of the big thing that stuck out for me is the sort of the awful inevitability of all of it. But I mean, obviously, that shouldn't be the case. No, it's like a car crash in slow motion, isn't it? it it's just horrendous. And I don't know. I think I think there are a couple. I mean, there is lots of stuff in that episode that I think requires discussion and some unpacking, and probably not even just in this this reaction episode but should be part of a broader conversation but I think that you know yes my brothers went to school in the 90s in the early 2000s yes what you want to know or to be reassured about is that those things don't happen any longer but I think one of the interesting things about the episode was Diane Ray talking about current practices around how working class children are managed controlled in the school environment and I know that in the last month I've heard of or spoken to children in on three separate occasions who because we know them I know what's going on in their home lives and there are a number of significant challenges but they have reported to us that they've got fixed term exclusions because of bad behavior and knowing those children and knowing what's going on for them I actually wonder what well, I know what the system is achieving. They're getting them out of the way. But it's just history repeating itself again and again and again. Because a series of fixed term exclusions leads to a permanent exclusion, which all the research shows is absolutely devastating for the life of the child and for the future of that child. And ultimately, we're relying on adults who should know better who are making these decisions and they know what happens to kids that end up with fixed term exclusions and then they know what happens to kids who end up out of the system. So what is going on in the system that is leading adults who know what the future of these children might look like to actually make those decisions? Like where, what, the pressure is bearing down on them Mm -hmm. to make decisions that they know are in absolute they are diametrically opposed to the well-being, the welfare, the opportunities and the future life and health of those children. And honestly, 
Like, it makes you just want to go into a forest or go down to the beach and just scream very loudly. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. And it, it, I mean, and obviously the stuff Darren McGarvey was talking about just, again, connects to that. You know, where does that lead to? We know where it leads to. It leads to potential criminal activities or being noticed by the police and ending up in situations where no child really should have to end up. No, and the thing I don't understand is that these are, they are children, ultimately. Mm. And these are children for whom a lot has happened in their lives through no fault of their own. You know, the situation, as described by my brothers that we were in, we had, we had no control over that. We couldn't change that. The adults in our lives had to make different decisions and ultimately over time they did, which was good. But you're a kid in that situation. You can't change things. You can't make it better. You can't always talk about it because what are you going to say and who are you going to tell? To what extent do you have the language as a child to really both understand what's going on and then to trust someone enough to actually confide in someone because you're so concerned about well, what's going to happen as a result of that because you love your family and you you belong to your family and you want to be part of your family and I know some schools are are better at this and I know some schools are on a journey with this but if a child is is telling you something in a classroom and they're telling you it in a way that you should be able to see and understand as a result, of, as a consequence of something that's going on for that child. What they then need is they then need to be listened to, supported, nurtured and included. But at the moment, all of the opposite things happen far more often. Yeah. Who does that serve? It doesn't serve the teacher. It doesn't serve the school it certainly doesn't serve the child and it doesn't serve the families. And actually, in the end, it doesn't serve society. It serves the short term lack of strategy, the we've just got to make school as expedient and as, as efficient as possible. Mm. And we've got to do that in a way that then connects with the market system we've created in our school <laughs> school system so that some kids that are doing well will do well and the rest will just be cast aside. I know. And... and... <laughs> I don't know sometimes it's difficult like you know that to be true on so many levels but you don't want to believe it like mm. you you really don't want to believe it and don't get me wrong you know we are increasingly understanding that traumatic things have happened to children not just in comprehensives or state schools you know all of the stuff that's coming out at the moment around private education and all of the the terrible abuse of children and young people that happened in the public school system so I, I don't want to kind of not acknowledge some of that. But I think that, yeah, well, I don't know. I've, I actually found that episode really hard to listen to in lots of ways. And it, it's like it's taken my brain offline. It's like I actually can't connect my thing, my thoughts to my, which is unusual for me, <laughs> my thoughts to my to what I'm trying to say Um, I think we need a fundamental rethink about what we think education is and I think that there are some people talking about education essentially the purpose of it should be to teach children in a way that supports healthy child development you know children who have got a lot going on outside of their outside of school 
need some really key things. They need to feel emotionally and physically safe at school. They need to feel like they have relationships that matter with people, teachers, support staff, um, you know, the dinner lady or man, you know, the reception staff, everybody in that building needs to understand how important physical and emotional safety is for children who've got difficult lives. It's then about making sure that, you know, children aren't dismissed or further stigmatised or feel further shame or aren't shamed in those environments. Because I think the minute children kind of get a sense that they're not safe in school, and that can be something that happens that teachers don't notice or don't see or support staff don't notice or don't see. The effect that that can have on a child can be so profound, it can make that learning environment feel very unsafe. Mm. And you don't want to be somewhere where you feel unsafe and you can't learn somewhere where you feel unsafe. Um, and I think that what we want to create as a society is a population of people who can think, can think critically, can ask questions, can work together can develop imaginative and creative solutions to really the difficult problems that we face Mm -hmm. and I feel like our education system and the way that it's currently set up is essentially set up to ensure that a particular kind of class system persists it's got nothing to do with the kind of society or the kind of people we need to manage in the manage the challenges that we face or to address the challenges that we face I don't want my brother to feel like he can't learn as an adult because He's got such deep feelings of shame and such deep feelings of not being good enough that he carries from his childhood that mean that he doesn't pursue something that he's passionate about or he he doesn't feel able to be a good learner in a particular kind of environment. You know, to carry that with you over the course of a lifetime, it must be crippling. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like a succession of lack of choices. You know, like a lack of choice of a school to go to. Yeah. Um, then that leading on to a lack of choice for him to do what he might want to do. And he's done stuff. It's not like he hasn't done stuff, but it's really narrowed his choices down and his options on what he can actually do later on in life. Hugely. And I see that all the time. We still see that here. The choices, well, the lack of choice is, is it, it's criminal, really, if I'm honest. Um, it's really, really bad. And the other thing I think I want to sort of say is that you know there will be some people listening to this that go oh you know all behaviors communication but you know children need rules and they need discipline and that's how we get the best out of children you know I don't agree children might need boundaries which is a totally different way of understanding what keeps a child physically and emotionally safe they don't need discipline you know they don't need punishment I'm sorry, you're living in a society that's forcing them to grow up with fuck all. You know, you're then putting them in a situation where they have no choice around the types of education that they can access, very little choice around what education that they can receive. You then put them in classrooms where often children feel like they're not wanted. You then spit them out the other end with nothing. You then condemn them for the choices that they have to make at that point. You know, the school to prison pipeline, it's something that... It's discussed a lot in the States. It's discussed less here. But actually, I know way too many people that spend time in prison. You know, I mean, and all of it, if you look actually at the average age of a of, of, of reading of a, of a prisoner, it's around 11 or 12 years old. Tell me there's no connection between not having access to a decent, functioning, inspiring, creative education and 
and growing up poor and ending up in our criminal justice system. Yeah. I mean, it might, I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but when I, when I sort of hear about some of the behavioural stuff that's sort of seeping in or being actually heavily pushed into schools at the moment, some of it feels a little bit like prison. You know, some of the stuff that's sort of happening around isolation booths and, yeah. you know, staring at, as Diane Ray, staring at a blank wall for hours, you know, and, 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 and being stuck there and being isolated from everyone else feels like prison. It's very prison-like, mm. putting people into segregation, punishing them for their misdemeanours. But actually, what's interesting to me about it is it's not just about the punishment, is it? It's about the shame that accompanies the punishment and how children are shamed in those in those places. It's a dumbing thing to be able to say that some of the things that were described in our episode remind you of the prison system. <laughs> but we're talking about education. Yeah. A place where children need to feel safe, nurtured, seen, valued, you know, identified. For a country that is rich, mm. For a country that has such a big economy, that that you can even begin to make those two comparisons. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just, it blows my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's terrible. And the other thing I think that's really important is all of these people that are pushing these behaviour models or pushing seclusion or inclusion or staring, you know, whatever, whatever those kinds of, you know, kind of behaviour management policies look like. I think you need to go and speak to someone about that. Like, if that's actually what you think is going to bring out the best in children, what is it about your childhood and what is it about your experience that means that that's what you think? Again, it's pushing back on people and saying, why do you think like that? What is it in your life that's told you that this is an appropriate way to be in the world and that these are appropriate ideas and are positive ways to deal with essentially what it means for some children to grow up in a deeply unequal damaging difficult and pretty uncaring if i'm honest society that what you want to then do is punish them more so there's a direct line i think from that behavioral stuff to this absolutely ridiculous idea that if all you do is work harder you can be successful the idea that you can work yourself you work yourself harder out of all the issues you've got at home they all just just leave those at the gate and then you can just get on in life as long as you're working hard yeah but i think that says something about the british psyche that was always the thing wasn't it? oh if you want to work harder you can you can get it done sort of thing wasn't it? yeah you see that big massive mountain that we've created that's right in front of you just trot over it. <laughs> that's that. You know what I mean? like, uh, that's what. That's that's easy. Yeah. That's what you can do. Well, that was the way it was, wasn't it? But that's what I used to just say to you: know, if you want to, if you don't matter what school you're in, if you want to get on with it, you can get on with it. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, and who does that benefit? All the people that go to the really bloody good schools. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they never have to think about yeah. actually what do we need to do? What must we do yeah. in order to? you know, make sure that we don't put that massive mountain in front of all of those kids that they've then just got to step over like it's nothing, you yeah. know. So you might have noticed there's another voice in the room. We've been joined by Ryan, one of Carly's brothers, who is going to be appearing on the next Reaction episode. Can I just make two points of clarification before my mum finds me and um, does something not very nice to me? 
A, we only had one chair, a coffee table and cement floors for a little bit of time (laughs) (laughs) after we first moved in. Yeah, I mean, you know, it wasn't like that for our entire childhood, far from it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I need to make that point of clarification. The second point of clarification was, yeah, I mean, the Kentucky... We sounded like we all kind of descended on the Kentucky because... Like rabbit wolves. <laughs> like rabbit wolves. Yeah. yeah, she had more control over us than that. So, you know, yeah. I think I need to make those two points of clarification. And then the third point is we need to abolish private schools. Yeah. Because actually all the time you've got private education and I talk as someone who ben- who benefited and I say that in inverted commas, all the time you have a private school system, that's where this, our class system is located mm. and replicated and that's one of the big powerful reasons why it persists yeah. and we should abolish private schools taking away their charitable status is not enough someone has to have the guts the bravery the courage to face this issue head on yeah completely agree completely agree we've come to the end of this reaction episode for episode three thank you for listening next week's episode coming out on wednesday is called losing our school and it's the story of the school i went to the school all of carly's brothers went to and how it ended up closing and how it became known as the school that died of poverty so make sure you're subscribed if you want to give us a review on apple Podcasts, that'll be amazing Thank you for all your support over the last few weeks and the first episode's coming out. It's been brilliant. So we'll see you next week. Thank you. Last chance.